42! Blue, 42! Hut, hut, hike! This is The Game Managers on WJLX 101.5, America's one and only sports talk show. Breaking down college football's biggest games, latest news, and greatest moments. Are you ready? Because it starts right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Game Managers Podcast. I'm Nick Norris, and with me, as always, is my good friend and the $6 million man, Justin Knight. Justin, how you doing? The how much million dollar man? The $6 million man. You never uh, you never heard of that show? Uh, yeah, that was the one where um, he had some bad accent, and they, like, turned him into a robot. Yeah, but, you know, now, now if you tried to make someone put them back together with $6 million. Maybe you could get like a fake hip without health insurance. So it's uh yeah, I was about to say you may, maybe we'll get like a foot or something like that. And that's about it. That would be very impressive. Hmm. Hello everyone. $6 Welcome. million dollar man. Uh, this week we're talking about week zero, uh, wrapping up yesterday, particularly Nebraska's loss to Northwestern, what it means for head coach Scott Frost should also say that we are recording this uh, on Saturday night before the Vanderbilt game ends, so we won't be discussing that tonight. Uh, I know a lot of those Ooh, go Vandy fans out there are truly devastated at that news, but uh, this, this is too bad. Too bad. Yeah, hey, if you really are a true Vandy fan, send us an email. Yeah, tell us why. Explain yourself, if you don't mind. Okay. Well, Justin, before we get into the meat of the episode, all of the Nebraska news and maybe going over some of the games of the week. How about we go through the news of the week? Does that sound? Alrighty. All right. We do have some sad news up top. Two Indiana State uh, football players were among three students who died in a, a terrible fiery car crash last weekend. Um, at least three people died. Two others were injured in the wreck. Um, which happened near campus on Sunday. The uh, victims have been identified as Caleb Van Hooser. 19, uh, he was 19 years old, 18-year-old, uh, 18-year-old um, Jaden uh, Musili, and um, and both of those were uh, football players there. Um, no, so and uh, sorry, and Christian Eubanks, 18-year-old uh, Eubanks and Van Hooser were both football players there terrible news uh, terrible things to happen just by uh, mm-hmm. such a young age right starting out their life on their own and for this to happen is, is truly devastating uh, I, hate, I hate whenever stuff like this happens and it's always amplified whenever it happens during football season because you know there's more cameras on you during that time so uh very tough yep. very tough stuff i hate that oh we're gonna have to transition though to some lighter news and i thought why not start out with uh with the Dennis Rodman news of the week? Did you hear about this? Yeah, it's back and forth of if he wanted to go to Russia or not, and he said, yeah. eh, never mind. Yeah, so this week he said that he was going to Russia to talk to Vladimir Putin himself about freeing ah, the WNBA okay. star Brittany Griner. Now they have interacted before. Uh they've they've met and talked and uh and Rodman described him as a cool guy, I believe. From memory, he he said the same thing about Kim Jong Un too, because he's interacted with him plenty. He thinks he's a cool guy as well. Yeah, but uh, 
later in the week, uh, the U.S. government basically said, uh, don't don't do that. Don't go over there. We're in the middle of negotiations that actually may be able to work. And uh, and so he's decided he's not going as of right now. So who's to say? <laughs> I kind of would like him to, but also uh, maybe get her out of Russia before she's something bad happens. Anything. I'd say she's so. probably stuck there. For the time being, yeah, it seems that way. Keep your speaking uh, of being speaking of being stuck there. Nick Saban seems like he's going to be stuck in Tuscaloosa. Unfortunately for him, at least till twenty thirty. I know he's he's upset about that. He's probably ready to go to Texas and bring them back. Um, but he's going to be there for another six years or so, um, bringing his salary to eleven point seven million per year. He has once again surpassed Kirby Smart as the highest paid football coach in college <laughs> never ends never ends i think there's a clause in his contract but it should be if not that anytime someone makes more than him his gets bumped up <laughs> yeah they that. just bump up yeah. his pay <laughs> right i would i mean i think that's fair he's the best so he should be paid the most i think that uh yeah. that makes sense yeah nobody's complaining stroking that check nobody no so um, this is some more bad news here. Uh, this is this is uh, close to us. A former Troy Troy University football player has filed a lawsuit saying he was a victim of abuse by a one-time teammate that included sexual assault with a pool cue. Terrible stuff. That uh, the one-time Jeez. player filed a suit against another player and three others in federal court in Montgomery on July 25th. The lawsuit alleges Title IX violations sexual harassment, discrimination, negligence, and intentional infliction of emotional distress. The player is seeking compensatory compensatory and punitive damages. Sometimes there's words that you read, you don't realize that you can't say them until you try to say them out loud. Um, That doesn't even look like a word. Yeah. But uh, a lawyer for the player named in the suit um, and a Troy spokesman deny the allegations, say they're going to fight the lawsuit, but... uh, the AP did not name the player. They typically try not to whenever it's a alleged victim of uh, SA. So, uh, yeah, I didn't think there was any point in bringing up his name there. But, uh, yeah, that's terrible. That is that is traumatizing uh, stuff just from that short mm-hmm. one-sentence description. Um, yeah. I hate that. You hear about stuff like this every so often. Uh, it's never never a good thing. It's, it's terrible. Uh, here's a good thing though. This is a little bit better. We get we we're on a bit of a roller coaster today, Justin. News. I usually put all of the bad up top, just get out of the way. But this is this is good stuff right here. The Los Angeles Rams and Cincinnati Bengals. I don't know if you saw this. They went to blows during their joint practice session on Thursday. Uh, initially, just a small dust up between the Rams' first team defense and the Bengals' first team offense, but that was broken up pretty quickly. But another altercation broke out. An all-out fight between the two clubs that eventually forced the powers that be to call practice early. It was allegedly started by Leonard, uh, Leonard Floyd and Lael Collins, who took off Floyd's helmet and threw it at him. Amid the scuffle, Rams all-pro defensive tackle Aaron Donald was seen dual-wielding and swinging two Bengals helmets. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's a great image. I don't know if you've seen it. Dude is a nut, man. He's uh... <laughs> He's done this crazy stuff, even in the games, choke players out. I think he's kind of a dirty player. He's good, but he's, oh, he's kind great. of dirty too. Yeah, um, he's, he's already terrifying, even when he plays by the rules. You give him two yeah, helmets to just swing around. Yeah. Very yeah, scary. Yeah, let him clobber somebody. 
<laughs> yeah, terrifying. It's a terrifying image. I've enjoyed the memes, though. It's been a lot of memes on Twitter about this. And, uh, <laughs> some good stuff. Good stuff. Crazy. I would hate. I would hate that. I would, that's not worth the money. Just swung at. No, did you see that crazy other, that other drill he was doing with one of his teammates, where he basically had his hand on his throat and he was <laughs> kind of doing some kind of drill. And um, when that first popped up, I'm thinking, "What drill is this? I don't get paid. If I'm that guy, I'm like, I'm not getting paid enough to have Aaron Donald choke me and do some drill on him, and I don't even have my helmet on. I don't know if you ever saw that, but that one, yeah. <laughs> that one was kind of crazy too." I always think the drill stuff is interesting. The guys who get paid just to be dummies in drills. Like uh, Derek Henry has a, a stiff arm guy. You just get stiff armed in the face. That's amazing. You go to, I you, mean, if you're paying me the right amount of money, maybe. Yeah, but these are guys that spent their entire lives playing football. They went through college, was good enough to get signed on a team in the NFL, and they're just a stiff arm dummy. That's crazy. That's <laughs> yeah. Good for them, though. Make that money, I'd say. Uh, this is some news that's very relevant to you, Justin, as an Auburn fan. As the 2022-2023 athletic year gets underway, Auburn will be in search of a new athletics director. Auburn uh, AD Alan Green, uh, he agreed with the university to part ways, uh, announcing this on Friday. The two sides are going their separate ways with five months remaining in Green's initial five-year contract with the university. His final day will be August 31st, coming up here just a few days. Uh, this was surprising at the timing that it happened during football season, but I think people we saw this coming in January. There was some uh, when all the Brian Harson drama was happening. There was also some rumors that maybe he'd get the boot too. I think this could be uh, laying the groundwork to get rid of Brian Harson. What do you think? Uh, yeah, because I mean, I'd say Alan Green was you know a big backer of Harson, obviously, because he brought him in there too and hired him. Uh, it's just, you know, it's another classic Auburn move where, you know, you have crap like this happen right before the football season. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I liked Alec Green. I thought he did a good job with, it's not just football. I mean, that's the thing that sucks. There's so much pressure on the football cause that's, that's the big thing. But I mean, I feel like with other programs going on, you know, baseball, basketball, um, heck even women's soccer right now is looking pretty good softballs look good um you know equestrian that's always good swim i mean there's other multiple things that have been successful too since he's been there so but it comes down to football and yeah like you said i think it's just a move to um kind of pick away at trying to get rid of harson and uh, now i think heck if harson even wins eight games i think they're gonna fire him I think at this, it's almost to the point to where he, he'd have to win the SEC championship to even keep his job. So yeah, it's um, it's possible. I don't know that we're there yet, but it seems like we're that's where we're headed. That that this is a. Uh, it seems like this will be Harson's last year unless drastic success. He wins a championship. The corner. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's. Um, this was weird. This was out of left field for me. I guess he was probably expecting it, but uh, maybe not. I don't know. But uh, yeah, seems like uh, they're going to be hiring yeah, I figured, soon. I figured they would have kept him through the football season. Um, I mean, I, I kind of, you know, I, 
I knew at some point he'd probably be gone just because of the issues, like we said, that popped up in January. But, um, yeah, I, I didn't think it'd be now. I thought maybe at least December, January, some, you know, when his contract was set to expire in January. So, but like I said, it's classic Auburn. You know, there's just this weird dynamic with the donors and the boosters. And it's been like this for, for years and years. And it's, you know, it's really hurt us in the end. We're lucky to even get any kind of success in football with having Cam Newton being there with our national championship. And um, so, I don't know. It's we, we always find a way to hurt ourselves because of ignorance and other things. This to me says, um, this says to me that they are doing this as a safety precaution in case they want to fire Harson during the season and get ahead of the coaching search. That's yeah, see, that's the other thing. Yeah. I mean, if Harson, oh gosh, I'm trying to think of a scenario. Maybe you know that if he starts like, um, I don't know, say say he goes three and three to start the season. Heck, they may fire him then. Oh yeah, yeah, it's possible. Let's look. Let's pull up the Auburn schedule really quickly here. I uh, don't want to spend or, too much you know, time on this. Say they win those first two, obviously against Mercer and then um, San Diego State, then. They lose to Penn State and then whatever the other two SEC teams after that. And he goes two and three. Then he may be gone. For sh- heck, he may be gone for sure. Yeah. So it's yeah. Mercer, San Jose State, Penn State, Missouri, LSU, Georgia. Um, yeah. So say he LS loses Penn Arkansas. State, Missouri, and what'd you say, LSU? Yeah. Yeah. So say he loses those three in a row, he's gone. Oh yeah, yeah. Especially the Missouri's homecoming, also. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, but, uh, if he somehow lost I don't think that that'd one. Be the case, but... Yeah. Well, it depends yeah. on who's playing quarterback. Well, let's talk about that. Last piece of news: the final yeah, open yeah. practice of Auburn's football uh, 2022 preseason wasn't just for media. The gates of Jordan Hare Stadium were open for fans. Take a sneak peek before the Tigers face Mercer in the season opener. Um, a last glimpse at quarterbacks: T.J. Finley's hold on the starting role. Seemed to grow. He got the most reps by far. And among the three candidates, the one who seems the least likely to be starting right now is Zach Calzada, the Texas A&M transfer. Um, it seems like TJ Finley is probably going to be the guy starting at least week one. Uh, yeah, and which already proves that Harson will be gone because he's obviously already making a bad judgment call with who he's starting at quarterback. I mean – You'd almost think the guy, he must be blind. he Or he must just have amnesia or something like that. He just completely forgot about what T.J. Finley did in his three games he started. He went 0-3. Um, and I don't think, yeah, T.J. Finley is a starting quarterback. We didn't score more than 20 points in a game. Lost to South Carolina. Then Alabama, well, okay, I'll count Alabama just because didn't, that one went to four overtimes. So he was lucky to even get the 20 points there. I think we scored 22. Um, scored, I think, what was it? Mm, I think we scored like 14 against South Carolina. And then around the same against Houston, we scored like 13. There's no consistency with him. We can't move the ball because, obviously, with him at quarterback, what are you going to do? You're going to prepare for the run and for tank. And you're going to, you know, stack the box ready for the run. And obviously, T.J. Finley, he's not going to make a throw. His accuracy is terrible. And he doesn't have a very good arm. Um, 
and he can't move. You know, if I was a if I was a defensive coordinator with Finley there, I'm blitzing him all day long. The dude is slow as molasses. He's like in quicksand. He can't move. He's so slow. I'd blitz him all the time. Um, so it's already it's a bad sign, in my opinion, for Harson with who he's starting quarterback with. I think Ashford would probably fit the offense better just because of a dual threat. And I guess Calzada, he's still dealing with the injury. So I don't even know if he's 100% or not. I almost thought coming into it, he would probably win the job. But to think third string, I didn't expect that. Um, yeah, that surprised me as well when I read that. So, and that's still up to speculation. We don't know that he's confirmed third string, but he's getting the least yeah. amount of reps, it seems. So. Um, yeah, it, it's just disappointing in my opinion because, I mean, I'm not crazy. We all saw what happened last year when T.J. Finley was playing quarterback. There's no rhythm to the offense. It's so stale. It's hard to watch. Um, so I don't know what kind of drastic changes in a in a year, could have, well, less than a year really, um, could have been made for him well, to we- – or, or the other two quarterbacks suck. <laughs> We've seen we've seen drastic drastic changes aren't they don't not happen in college football. I mean we've seen an, an exceptional example of that would be Joe Burrow. I don't think we're going to get that out of out of Finley, but no. uh, I mean it can <laughs> guys can develop and get a significantly better in a year. But is you know is that what we're going to see? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Uh, we do have to move on though. We need to get into our next segment. Our weird news of the week, mismanagers. Peculiar and wonderful and terrible and bad. Mismanagement and mystery and dreams you never had. Grizzly or grievous or beavers with cleavers. Audacity a specialty and used to drive you mad. It's a wonder any one of us can manage to survive in a world of, world of mismanagers. All right, I've got five stories for us today. Some of them are a little longer than others. This first one comes from the Huffington Post. New York wants people to show ID for this pumpkin pie staple, something that goes with pumpkin pie. They're wanting to see your ID for it. Any guesses on what that could be, Justin? Uh, pumpkin pie? What? Why would they need to see your ID for pumpkin pie? Is that alcohol Well, it's not, for, it's not for pumpkin pie. It's for something that goes with pumpkin pie. It goes with a lot of desserts. I'm not sure why they named it just like this. Um, but, yeah, definitely goes with pumpkin pie. Cannot have pumpkin pie without this, I would say. I have no idea. Whipped cream. Whipped cream. you got to be 21 in New York. They want you to be to, uh, to buy whipped cream. You want to know why? <laughs> why? Uh, well, the... Uh, this uh, this little treat is joining the company of liquor and beer because of a uh, a new popular trend called whippets, a type of recreational drug use that involves breathing in nitrous oxide gas stored in the canisters whipped cream comes in. What uh, in the world? <laughs> yeah, uh, the can's accessibility on shelves has helped put whippets among the top ten most abused drugs globally, which is insane Jeez. to me. Um, it has led to impaired judgment, heart failure, and seizures, and an overdose could call halluc- cause hallucinations, according to nonprofit Arch Academy. Uh, and yet, yeah. people still do it. People are doing it <laughs> to the point that we may have to have a twenty-one and up ban on whipped cream. Uh, <laughs> yep. Thanks for okay. everybody for ruining that. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm over 21, so I don't mind, but that's really annoying, I feel like. Uh, but Yeah. Uh, this comes from the AP News. An airplane part falls from the sky nearly hits a man in Maine. An object believed to have fallen from a transatlantic jet came crashing down outside the Maine State House, landing with a loud bang just feet from a Capitol Police worker. That's terrifying. <laughs> yes. see, I mean... You never think of these things because the possibility of it happening is just so rare. But when it happens, I mean, I'd crap myself, and then I'd, I'd probably never want to walk outside again. Oh, yeah. Luckily, no one was hurt. Um, the sleeve that fell was weighed about six to seven pounds uh, from that high. Could Coming at that very force. Deadly. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, whew, scary close call there. That is terrifying. Nothing you can do, do to prepare for that. Nope. Um this next uh, next story comes from Lad Bible. People are disgusted. You may have seen this. People are disgusted by a video of a woman who put her pregnancy test inside a popsicle and made her boyfriend eat it. Uh, have you <laughs> seen this on TikTok? That. Oh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> so, um, basically, what happens in this video? She has a positive pregnancy test. Um, she gets one of those. Uh, Frozen popsicle makers you can have in your freezer. You just pour the liquid in, put the stick in, freeze it. She uses their pregnancy test as a stick. Um, and she uses an, an awful like red popsicle color that looks awful and almost gory. And, uh, and then she <laughs> he eats it. He eats it. Uh, presumably, maybe she, she washed it off prior, but regardless, she did, she did pee on that. Uh, that's uh, files for divorce right there. Well, that's the, one of the first comments is divorce. So, yeah. <laughs> and I will Venmo this man some money to help him file for divorce. Yeah, that's here. awful. I mean, yeah. what what person thinks that that's actually a good idea? Uh, I, mean, yeah, I mean, the, just, the bacteria. Not, not just great. put it in a box and be like, hey, look at this uh, gift I got you. Open it up. Yeah. Yeah. Disgusting. I don't know. His, uh, his reaction is interesting. Uh, you should go check that out on TikTok if you're, if you're interested. Not a uh, not ideal. Not I don't ideal. even want to see it. I'll be <laughs> grossed out. Uh, this comes from Fox News. Canadian police roasted online for bragging about taking a rusty, non-functional gun off the streets. Uh, this gun looks like a pirate gun that's been in the <laughs> ocean for 200 years. It's... I mean, it's it, you can't even see the metal on it. It's so corroded. Uh, it looks like you could take it and snap it with your fingers in half. Uh, they oh, so what about, they do, make a post about it and be like, oh, look, we're grabbing up guns. <laughs> it's some old like <laughs> gun that you can't even use. That's right. Uh, they tweeted the picture with a hashtag, hashtag off the streets this week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the first comment is the serial number on that gun is one. And it looks like it would be. <laughs> So. Yeah. It's, another comment is this the gun that killed all the dinosaurs yeah I mean that's ridiculous They're, I guess they try to make it look like they're actually doing something and then they just throw crap out like that <laughs> yeah yeah uh, last story last story this comes from newsable.com a Florida woman was arrested for calling 911 over 12,000 times this year to taunt officers that's a lot I mean, of doing anything. I'm surprised it took that long to finally arrest her. 
I'm surprised that anyone has time to do anything like this. <laughs> sounds like some yeah, it sounds like somebody just lives at home and that they are possibly crazy and they're just like, oh, I'm gonna keep calling this number over and over. I mean twelve thousand times. I mean that's insane. Yeah, she called more than twelve thousand times this year alone to quote harass, to cuss, and to uh, just degrade the emergency call takers. Uh, this is at a St. Petersburg Police Department. Uh, Carla Jefferson, 51 years old, dialed in at least 12,512 times, accounting for around 10% of all calls to the precinct. Wow. Well, see, I don't understand. Like, I would think like after five to ten calls from the same woman, at some at some point they're sending someone out to her house like, hey, look. I mean, because it's obviously a crime to call 911 for no reason at all to do stuff like this. I, I, I'm shocked it took so long. Maybe they didn't want to even bother with it. But 12,000 times, I, I feel like after a thousand times, I would have been like, all right, this is enough. Let's go get this woman. Yeah, yeah. And you can call 911 and, you know, and nothing really happened. Like, you, you can call and test it. They actually kind of, you know, a lot of the 911 precinct, they, they encourage that even to, you know, be comfortable yeah. with the format. Um, but that's insane. That's insane. So, uh, all right. Well, we are up against the break. When we come back, though, we are going to talk about Nebraska, their loss to Northwestern, what it means for head coach Scott Frost. So, uh, so stay with us. You're listening to The Game Managers on WJLX 101.5. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Game Managers. I'm Nick Norris. With me is Justin Knight. Howdy ho. Justin, Nebraska remains king of blowing close games as head coach Scott Frost and the Cornhuskers fell short 28-31 to to Northwestern in the season opener in Ireland Saturday. Now in his fifth season, Scott Frost is just 15-30 and 30 after a stunning loss in the Cornhuskers opener against Northwestern. Nebraska fell apart in the second half after a bizarre decision to try an onside kick while up 28-17 to 17 in the third quarter. The attempt failed and sparked a Wildcats comeback that ended in a wild 31-28 result. Never like to call for anyone to lose their jobs, and that's not what this is. It's not what I'm doing, but I am asking the question. He is fired sometime during this season, right? That seems like the most likely outcome for Scott Frost. Well, heck, I would think you're up 28-17, you're doing an onside kick, and then you end up losing the game. I think that's cause to be fired right away after this game um, because obviously we've seen it's happened over and over again. They keep losing these games by one possession, and this one was three points, so one, another one-possession loss. Um, yeah, I don't know how long you can deal with a guy. I, I mean, I know it's Nebraska football. It's not what it used to be. The expectations are nowhere near what they used to be. So I guess in their mind, they're they're fine with this at the moment. You know, they're not getting blown out or anything. They're close games. Um, but, yeah, obviously it in my mind, it's kind of like a joke now. And I think it's a joke, too, when you have guys like Kirk Herbstreit who say, oh, yeah, Nebraska's going to win their division in the Big Ten. They'll make it to the Big Ten championship. And I'm thinking, do these guys – I guess these guys just say whatever the heck they want to say just so they can get more viewers. 
um, because it's absolute nonsense. I, obviously, it could still happen. They can win the rest of their games and somehow make it. But it's not going to happen. And I, they blew that chance today, too. They still look like crap. Um, so, yeah, I, I would think he's gone. He's No way he makes it through the season. There, Yeah, there are definitely conversations probably happening right now with him. Heck, um, I would be thinking about it. Like I said, you're, you onside kick while you're up 28-17, and yeah, then you don't insane. even score again. And I, I mean, did they score in the second half? Would they score one touchdown? Uh, they scored. They they scored fourteen points in the second half, but both of those came in the third quarter. Third quarter, okay. And then they went scoreless yeah. after that. They couldn't do anything else. So, <laughs> I mean, that alone, I would be pissed just because it's like, what what are you doing? What what's the point of the onside kick? What are you yeah. gaining from that? Yeah, they didn't score again after the onside kick. To be clear, yeah, that yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, what does he have to do to avoid getting fired? I don't know. I, it's in his fifth year. He's uh, He's got all of his players very much installed. Uh, this is his team, and this is what we saw last year. It's just all these close games. Nebraska would get up or they'd fight their way in, and they'd, they'd choke in the fourth quarter. And that's I mean, that's exactly what happened again tonight in year five under Scott Frost. Is there, I mean, is there anything he can do? I mean, this is a conference loss starting out the year, 0-1 on the season, 0-1 in the conference. What does he have to do to avoid getting fired when it's when it's losing <laughs> embarrassingly like this, in ways like this? Um, avoid getting fired? Like I said, it's Nebraska, so I think, because um, he obviously hadn't had a winning season there yet either. Um, he's got to just, I think if he just has a winning season, he should be fine. But, I mean, I didn't really realize the expectations for him were so high this year with someone like, I mean, Herb Street saying that he thinks Nebraska would win their division. Um, so I don't know. I mean, heck, if even if they have a winning record, but they're nowhere close to winning the division, they'll probably fire him. I don't know. But like I said, I mean, at this point, what does Nebraska really expect? Uh, well, that's the thing. I mean, Nebraska is typically considered a blue blood. You know what is that? Is is it location? Why are they Why are they not able to build a program? It's probably location mostly. What right? You don't kids it's don't definitely want to go location play in Nebraska. Now. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's just um, it's a money thing too. Now they just don't bring in money like some of these other universities do now. Like I said but back in the day, out, like they have such a passionate fan base. Well, yeah, obviously because there's nothing to do in Nebraska. What the heck are you going to do around there? Well, I know we've discussed that before. I mean, all they have in Nebraska is Omaha um, for the College World Series, and that's it. There's nothing. Yep. Um, so, I mean, that makes sense. There's a lot of people passionate about the program, and it's people that grew up with those dominant 80s, 90s you know, Nebraska teams, and so they have just, I don't know, kept the tradition going. And, like, yeah, like you said, I mean, they've sold out. It's a record amount of games in a row, I believe. And that blows my mind as well. I mean, nowhere in my mind am I going to watch a crappy team play over and over again. I mean, it's been years and years. When's the last time Nebraska was any good? It's been a, it's been a while. It's been a long time. So, yeah, I don't know. I just don't see them being successful in the Big Ten when they have to compete with Ohio State and Michigan and Wisconsin and Iowa. And, you know, teams like that, I just I don't see them 
ever having that kind of success. Now, Scott Frost, he did own up to the onside kick call. He said, and this is a quote from him, I made that call, so that's on me. At that point in the game, I thought all the momentum was on our side. I thought if we got it, we could end the game. You can't really foresee them scoring 14 straight and us sputtering after we played well to start the second half on offense. Again, those are excuses. If I had to do it over, I wouldn't make that call. But that, That's stupid. Why are you yeah. betting everything <laughs> on an onside kick? Like, oh, if we get this, we're going to score again. The game's over. The game yeah. could be over at 28-17 if you just keep doing what you're doing. Because obviously right. your defense has been playing okay to that point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just a lame – I don't even know what you call that. That's just a stupid reason. One, yeah, it's doesn't bad sound reason. like a good head coach. It, yeah, and it's not even – I don't even think it is an excuse because he said, you know, that bad excuse or whatever. I think it's just it's poor reasoning. I think it's just a poor decision. I don't yeah. know what he – yeah, I don't know. His seat's hot. His seat is very hot. Let's see what they got up coming up on the schedule. Um, UND, what is that? North Dakota, University of North Dakota. U M. Say that again. U N D. U N D. Probably North Dakota. Um, yeah, I think so. Georgia Southern. Then they uh, they got Oklahoma, uh, Indiana, Loss. Rutgers, Purdue, Illinois, Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa. That's a uh, sounds that's like not, a lot that of look good. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of losses in that list. I don't know. I don't know. It's crazy. He was uh, he was so successful at UCF, and he just cannot replicate that at his well, alma mater. I, I mean, I would say uh, hopefully you'd be successful at UCF with um, you're in Florida, so I yep. mean I know you got to compete with Florida, Florida State, blah blah blah, Miami, but you still recruit good players. You're in the American yep. Athletic Conference. So he had, what, a couple of good seasons? Um, and then, yeah, I guess Nebraska was like, oh, man, we got to jump on this guy. He's going to do a great job. I mean, he didn't have to recruit very well around there with the conference he was playing in. Then you go move back to the Big Ten, and you got to try to recruit to Nebraska. That's already a challenge in itself. So it's not a surprise. I'm just surprised he's made it this long. What has to change? Let's say let's do let's answer short term first. What has to change for Nebraska to, you know, have a a salvageable season? And what has to change long term for this program to kind of revive it to to be revived? Um, I, I a lot of things, and I don't think anything that's going to work. <laughs> They're just um. You're not going to be able to recruit there. Recruiting, obviously, is going to be a big thing. Um, it seems like they have some talent on the offensive side of the ball, but defensive-wise, it doesn't seem like they have a very good team, especially like Northwestern, of all teams, to score 31 points on you. That's already a bad sign because Northwestern has never been a very dominant offensive team. They've always been known for their um, good defense and um, just a run and you know pound you kind of game. Um, so that, that's already kind of a scary thought that you let Northwestern score that many points against you. I, yeah, like I yeah. said, I don't really have any interest in Nebraska ever being good again. They had their time and they're never have their time. They'll never get back to that ever again. It just won't happen. Well, here's the thing. They do, they do okay recruiting. They don't do terrible. Uh, 2022, they had the 
32nd class uh, overall. That's not, I mean, that's not bad. All, what did Auburn have? Uh, I believe there might have the been 20. a little lower. Or was it a little higher? I think we ended up uh, top 20. Okay. Well, in 2021, they had the 25th rank, yeah. uh, overall rank. They do They do okay. Let's see what they had in 2020. Uh, the, t- the 20th rank in 2020. It seems like it's going down every year, the worse they are. But Well, yeah. They can recruit if they, you know, when things are going okay, they can recruit well. Yeah, I mean, that's anywhere. You know, if you're having success, obviously you're going to be able to recruit well because then yeah. people are going to want to go there because what you're doing, you have a good uh, program, you have good coaches. So, yeah. and at this point it's getting down to he's just not a very good coach. Uh, uh, he's yeah, not that's able to develop any of his players. The thing that has to change, and this is not a hot take, this is very, very widely understood. He's got to figure out his fourth quarter plan. I mean, that's been his problem since he's been there. Things fall apart in the fourth quarter, or the team does not play as well in the fourth quarter. I don't know. I don't. I mean, I don't have any advice for him. I'm not a college head coach, of course, but that's what's got to be fixed, right? That's that's the common denominator in almost every loss of what Nebraska has had the last so many years. My only advice is just go ahead and pack his bags. <laughs> Well, uh, we need to hear some more advice, maybe learn a thing or two from you, because it's time for us to go to our next segment. We're going to visit the Learning Corner with Professor Knight. All right, students, gather round and put on your listening ears. It's time to visit the Learning Corner with Professor Knight. What are we learning today, Professor? All right, well, I thought I'd do an interesting one here. I saw this article, ESPN. It was on Utah State. These a couple of guys they bet a thousand to one odds on Utah State to win the uh, national championship. Um, so they bet a thousand dollars. So if they win, they'll win a million dollars. Obviously, you know, I guess these guys have some money to blow because that's just going to be a nice little donation to uh, Caesar's Palace. Because never in a million years would that happen. Now. I thought, you know, possibly Utah State could probably hang in there with Alabama quarter, maybe two quarters. But they beat UConn 31-20 today, which already has a bad feeling in my gut that they're going to get killed next week. And they're 38.5-point underdog at the moment. Um, So, a 1,000 to 1, you know, they're very rare, long shots. Um, So, there have only been a few upsets. Let's see. Stanford beat USC in 2007. Uh, they were 40 and a half point underdogs. Uh, last year, Cincinnati became the only team not from a power conference or named Notre Dame to be selected to playoff. We saw that. You know, their odds were pretty high to even make it to the playoff. Um, he says wagers on a thousand one long shots are typically in the five to twenty dollar range. <laughs> Or the one hundred dollar right. variety at most. Nowhere close to a thousand dollars that these guys dropped on Utah State. Yeah. Um, the next largest national title bet on team with thousand one odds or longer is a hundred dollars on UMass <laughs> as ten thousand to one, and then a hundred dollars on UConn at ten thousand to one. Um, let's see if any of those other uh, one of those uh, best what? scores. There's what's that? While you're while you're looking, I have a uh, I have a bit of uh, news on a bet as well here mm. um, this happened yesterday uh, a better place thirty three thousand dollars on Nebraska to defeat Northwestern 
today or yesterday in Ireland. Um, okay. They were, you know, obviously that seemed like a pretty safe bet. Nebraska was an 11-point favorite yeah. and a 78.7% <laughs> chance to win, according to the ESPN Football Power Index. He's down 33 grand to start the year. We're not even in week Jeez. one. That's just off that game. He probably betted on others. So, But, see, why would – I mean, I know you want to bet a lot of money on, you know, the, of course, the favorite and everything. But, I mean, what are you really winning – when you're well, I can tell you, he would have if he bet thirty three thousand dollars, which he did. If they would have won, the Cornhuskers would have won. He would have net six thousand nine hundred and thirty three dollars. Yeah, I mean, well, what's the, the risk point? isn't. Yeah, it's not even worth the risk. It doesn't make any yeah. sense. Okay, um, so it looks like on here one of the best scores came on a 201 long shot for Y.E. Yang to win the PGA Championship in 2009. One of the biggest losses came overseas 2003 when he wagered with a bookmaker in the U.K. that the temperature in London would not reach 100 degrees for the first time. <laughs> he said, I guess the plane to London feels a lot more like Bangkok than freaking London. Oh, uh, it's 95. It's like 9 o'clock in the morning. It was 95 degrees. <laughs> there are people who will bet on just anything. It's anything. So let's see. The day after he placed his first bet on the Aggies, he noticed Caesars did not move the odds. So he put another $1,000 on Utah State. A third $1,000 bet on Utah State came in the next day from an unidentified better. <laughs> um, so as of mid-July, the Aggies have, had attracted more national championship bets of $1,000 or more um, than any other team except Alabama and Ohio State. Which is <laughs> insane. That is um, insane. Someone said, did they get Utah and Utah State mixed up? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, so let's see. Maybe. All right. Well, uh, let's get one more, and then we got to go to a, uh, to a break. Yeah, I, the only thing it, it, that, that it mentions, too, is that, you know, they went 11-3 last year. They're turning 12 starters. <laughs> Um, their best chance is probably going eleven and three again, and then just winning the Mountain West. But hey, I mean, if you got thousand dollars to spend, I mean, that's a big win. If all miracles, you know, came down oh, the yeah. road. Oh yeah. Well, good yeah. stuff. All right. Well, we have to go to another break. When we come back, though, we are going to give out our weekly awards. Some say they are the most prestigious awards in the sports world, the TG Emmys. So, don't want to miss that. We'll be right back. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Game Managers Podcast, where we are about to give out the most prestigious awards in the sports world, our weekly TG Emmys. I'm Nick Norris, and with me is Justin Knight. Hello, hello. Justin, uh, we, are, we are heading into week one of the college football season. There's a good chance that a lot of these... Awards in the future will be college football related, but some of these today, not so much. Including this first one I'm going to start out with, which is the weird baseball injury of the week. Mm. And, and this goes to Aroldis Chapman of the Yankees. He is going on the IL list with an infection in his leg that stemmed from getting a tattoo. Ooh, sounds like he did not go to a good uh, tattoo parlor. 
<laughs> yeah, sounds he maybe let a friend do it with a with an at home kit that hadn't been sterilized. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you let all, someone else who's used it on so many other people hadn't cleaned it or anything. Uh, this may offend some some of those listening, and if so, I'm sorry. Feel free to uh to email us pictures proving while I'm while I'm wrong. But I'm not a fan of uh of of leg tattoos on men in general. I don't know how you feel on the on the thing. I like tattoos. I like tattoos. I think a lot of men can pull off tattoos, but I don't think the leg is typically uh, prime real estate for a for a. No, a I mean, I, I would say obviously arm is probably the prime real estate. That or um, the chest. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, and yeah, like you said, it depends on the person. Like I couldn't pull it off. I'm too skinny. It wouldn't work on me. <laughs> wouldn't look right. It'd look weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know about the leg. I, I guess it just depends. Yeah. Well, it didn't work out for uh for Chapman. So. Yeah. Good luck. I hope you uh, hope you get that handled sooner than later. What a word do you have for us, Justin? Uh, mine is I want what he's drinking, and that goes to Desmond Howard on his playoff prediction that he made this morning on College Game Day. Have you have you uh, looked at that yet? I have, yeah. Why don't you explain it for us, though? Good, yeah. Um, I guess either he's just he's really stupid, or he's just saying it just because he wants to be different from everybody else. Yeah. So he has Texas A and M, which you know is probably the most reasonable one in here. I guess okay. uh, he has them playing the University of Pittsburgh. Um, now, let me remind you: Kenny Pickett is no longer at Pitt. He has gone to the draft. Right. He's with the Steelers. Um, right. So, obviously, he's lost all credibility right there and then to think <laughs> Pitt, out of all teams, is somehow going to make the playoff. Then he goes Baylor versus Michigan. I know there's a lot of hype for Baylor, but Baylor probably won't even win the Big 12. Um I would be shocked if Oklahoma found a way to pull it off in Oklahoma or Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State should have won the Big 12 championship last year against Baylor. They kind of got screwed themselves over there, shot themselves in the foot. Yeah, he has Baylor playing Michigan, and no way in heck is Michigan going to have the same success that they did last year. Ohio State is going to run all over them when they get the chance. Michigan's probably going to have four losses this season, if I had the bet. And then he has A&M playing Michigan for the national title and A&M winning it. Um, I've, I've seen it all, and this is the wild, wildest, craziest piece of work I've ever seen in my life. Um, everybody else was pretty reasonable of who they had. I, I keep seeing Utah in there. Lee Corso always puts Utah in his college playoff. It just aggravates me at this point, these idiots. I don't know why anybody, why they even show show this crap. Just a bunch of nonsense. Um <laughs> But, yeah, I, I just see that, and I'm like, this guy gets paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to talk on national television and to make wild claims like this of who he thinks going to win the national championship. I mean, I just want there, someone reasonable. There are very few uh, commentators that I take their their word very seriously. That I, you know, because a lot of a lot of there's a lot of shock value stuff out there. I don't think Desmond Howard believes that. I don't think he believes that those are the four teams it's going to be. You know, and that's fine. No, he, there's no but, way he does. There is no way. He's just doing it just to throw out crazy names just so people 
just for the clicks, you know, be like, oh, okay, wow, yeah. just so people can start talking about them. Uh, I'd say the the people the the announcers that I I take their word the most serious. Um, Cole Kublik does an, a, a fantastic ah, job. Yeah, he never, he's good. He never makes huge outrageous claims. He studies up. He knows what he's talking about. Um, Greg McElroy does well as well. Uh, they do a show together, of course. Uh, they both do yeah. very well. Um, I like Tom Rinaldi, but Tom Rinaldi doesn't do a ton of, of huge bold predictions either. I like guys that uh, that focus more on on breaking down things rather than predicting what is going to happen. Yeah, because um, predicting is just a bunch of crap anyways. Um, yeah. Just tell me about... I, I don't even want anybody predicting the playoff yet now obviously there's other people out there that love to hear that they're like oh i wonder what this guy thinks about who he thinks is going to be in the uh uh the playoff yeah it's just a bunch of crap yeah there's not many guys i really take anything any of their um takes seriously yeah yeah okay we need to move on to the next award uh best of the week you know, this is a tough one, but I had to, just because of the sheer, the sheer fun of it all, I had to give it to Aaron Donald dual wielding those opposing uh, team's yeah, helmets. What a, what a great photo. What a, what a great uh, image. And so uh, I loved it. I thought it was great. And uh, that's what I had to give it to. He probably will get suspended, some sort of suspension for it. I can't imagine. I he think doesn't. so. Yeah. So may not age super well, but. Uh, our last last award for Bust of the Week. This one had a clear winner. Um, there was no way around it. Scott Frost uh, absolutely had to mm. take home Bust of the Week uh, for for that onside kick call. I mean, that's just there's no way around that. Losing the game because of that, switching the momentum, just a weird weird call. Uh, I would say it was it was probably the strangest call like this since Kirby Smart's obviously fake punt. Oof, uh, man, that one was pretty so, rough too. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, congratulations, everyone. You get your TGMEs in the mail this week. But we do have to go on to our last segment: listener letters. Go getters, write letters. We're the ones who read them. Please don't stop writing in to fill the time we need them. We are reading letters. The letters wrote by you. If you'd like to write us a letter, you can do so by emailing us at gamemanagerspod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TGMPod. Find us there. Send us a message. We'll be we'll happily read it on the show. And this first letter comes from Walker. He, he asks, and this is a little bit what we talked about earlier today. At what point do Blue, do blue Bloods lose Blue Blood status? I think this is an Jeez. interesting question uh, because yeah. college football has only been around for so long. Teams have only been considered blue bloods for so long, but there's that can't be sustained, right? I mean, at some point, some teams are going to drop off and they won't recover. It's just the way it's going to be. Nebraska seems like it could be one of those teams to do that, always in a blue blood list. But for how long can their past justify uh, if we if we're a, if we go a hundred years and Nebraska doesn't win a national championship, they're not still considered a blue blood, correct? Well, a hundred years, people have probably forgotten what Nebraska even did. I think even at this point, they shouldn't even be considered it anymore because they haven't done anything successful in the past twenty years. Really, you think about it. I mean, it's been 
I'd say it's been 20 years since they've really done anything. Um, they haven't done anything this um, this century, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, so at this point, I don't I don't see how you can still be considered a blue blood. Um, and a lot of these blue bloods, you know, they're, they're really they're on thin ice. I mean, you think about Penn State's one of them. They haven't had success in a long time. Um, Michigan finally did something last year, and it had been a long time since they had had some good success. Um, I guess Notre Dame's still going to be in there because they've made the playoff. They made it to the national championship. So they were still having success to a point, but not winning a national championship. Um, Miami, I guess, is getting to uh, – Miami – I. Miami will probably start turning around, but they're another one that hasn't done anything for a while. Um, who's somebody else? Texas is Texas is still fine, but I don't know. Would you even consider Texas a blue blood though? Um, and a lot of times they're not. A lot of a lot of yeah. they aren't. Let me let me let me tell you yeah. this: the time Nebraska claims five national championships, right? First one coming okay, in nineteen seventy. Oh, the most recent coming in ninety seven. Okay, that's yeah. a span. That's a span of 27 years. Yeah. It's been 25 years since their last national championship. Yeah. So, yeah, at, at what point do Blue Bloods lose this Blue Blood status? I think that is a very interesting question. Heck, I think I like 25 years. If you haven't yep. done anything in 25 years, why should I consider you a Blue Blood anymore? You're not doing anything. Yep. You're not having any success. Right. Um, heck, when's the last time Michigan won a national championship? Uh, let's let's Michigan. It hasn't been in, in our our uh, no not in our lifetime. Time, right. Uh, they went undefeated in '97, the year I was born. You were not born, so it's been some time. So would they share it with Nebraska that year? Years. Uh. Um. I guess so claim hmm yeah so i mean that's another one 25 years hadn't done anything um yeah i like 20 to 25 years i feel like it's a good time frame to like if you haven't done anything in that long why should i consider you a um a really good football program a blue blood you've kind of lost that status like i mean i'm trying to think of someone else too that was had success back in the day and hadn't a long time. Well, why like you said, Penn State, that? Penn State's one of them. Oh yeah, Penn State is one of them. Um, uh, let's let's move on to the next question though. We're all running out of time. Great question. Yeah, very good question. Thank you, Walker. Uh, this comes from Daryl. What are some of the worst types of guests at a football watch party? Very good question as well. Two great questions this week. Um, I'll tell you, I hate, I hate the person that jumps in front of the TV two foot away from it and blocks it for everyone. Mm, yeah. Uh, and also, I hate uh, I hate the channel flipper. You know, I hate the uh, the guy who's like... Back and forth. Yeah, well, I don't mind going back and forth if it's in commercials, but going back and forth in the middle of a game I while don't. the action is happening is is upsetting. I don't like that. Pick one, stick with it until commercial. Then you can flip, right? Uh, what about you? You got any uh, off the top of your head? Yeah, I hate the ones that are just very vocal. 
Like I like to be vocal when it's just by myself or if I'm with my dad, I will be. Like I'll I'll talk a lot during the game or say things I'm not pleased with, but I ain't going to do that if I'm at a party. I'm just going to gotta sit back, watch it, you know, maybe get excited when something good happens. I hate the ones though where it's just people going crazy in this huge group and I'm thinking, "Come on, let's calm down now for a second. It's not that come on. If you want yeah. if you're going to do this, just be be in your own presence and do this when you're alone, <laughs> not when you got, you know, so many other people around you. Um, yeah. Yeah, probably that. That annoys now, me. Now, I like, I like an excited atmosphere when everyone there is like, is in and, you know, into it together and maybe there's yeah. some drinks involved and it's a fun, fun atmosphere. Yeah, I, I think that's fun. But yeah, if it's just the one, the one jerk, especially if they're angry and they're just losing yeah, their it's mind. Not, not yeah, fun it's at not, that point. No. <laughs> All right. Well, we are out of time, but uh, uh, very great questions. Thank you. Once again, if you'd like to reach the show, just like Walker and Daryl did, you can do so by emailing us at gamemanagerspod at gmail.com or uh, reaching us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TGMPod. Uh, We will be back next week uh, for another episode. Finally, week one, college football will really be back. Alabama and Auburn will be talking all about those, seeing how those games went. Uh, hopefully wins all around. So uh, so be sure to tune back in with us next week. And uh, Justin, any last words? Yeah, um, hang in there, Auburn fans. Uh, It's time for another disappointing season. But as always, hey, we're going anyways. All right, we'll see you next week. Blue 42! Blue 42! Hut, hut, hike! Thank you for listening to The Game Managers. Like the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TGM Pod. Until next week, goodbye, adios, and sayonara.